0: Welcome to Callback Podcast number three. On this podcast, we interviewed Tishon Shannon. Tishon Shannon, famous writer, comedy writer. He's worked on Saturday Night Live, uh, a bunch of other shows. He's um, he's a director. He's a comedian. I know him from that world, from the world of stand-up comedy. Uh, we used to do many shows together in the past. Uh, we had a bit of a problem with this podcast. We lost the first 10 minutes of audio. We had kind of a, a crash. We had a program we were using, and uh, it wasn 't compatible with their computer, whatever the deal was. We lost the first ten minutes. All you basically miss, folks is uh, T Sean and I just catching up, uh, talking about the early days of stand up comedy and uh, then T Sean, huge astro fan Houston Astro fan, uh, talking about how good his team 's going to do this year that 's basically it'll we 're going to pick it up from there uh, as always I like to say uh, thanks to our webmaster Eric Streeper, for putting our website together and keeping us uh, keeping us all uh, technically uh, technically afloat uh if you want to reach us speaking of which um go ahead go to that website it's callbackpodcast.com you can twitter us at callbackpodcast and uh, if you want to email us send us anything you want no cockpicks please at callbackpodcast at gmail.com so podcast at gmail.com and uh with that out of the way let's do it callback podcast number three enjoy
1: Yo. Five minutes. Hello? We're now recording in GarageBand. It <laughs> right. should work for the remainder. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're okay now. This, this is such a fucking, you know, band aid over a. I don't know. This is just. What am I, his publicist of is going to hear about this. Yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> no more podcasts. T-Shirt's going to fire his agent.
2: Ugh.
0: All right, so we're back. Uh, we were talking about your stand-up days, and that's how you got into comedy writing. Yes. Back on Comics Only was the first gig. Yes. And then, how long were you there?
2: I was there for the remainder, I think I did three seasons there, but they, they would take breaks, and I wrote on all these MTV shows. That's why I thought I could have possibly written on whatever show we mentioned earlier, just because I wrote on a lot of shows. Which uh, Caroline's Comedy Hour, I'd write monologues for that. So that was the best thing. Comic Strip, the comics only all my jobs have come from that. It's
0: basically is that what you learned to do the structure of sketches? I learned like
2: dude these guys were so much more mature writing-wise and comedy-wise and it was just such a great learning experience. It was amazing.
0: So from there you become the guy that is on, on every staff you uh, Yeah, on. I get
2: I, when they're doing strip shows or whatever, I get yeah, I'm I'm in a loop there. Are you is that something that you are still doing or is no that like not really so much i would we'll but get,
0: i don't really i mean we'll get to what you're doing now but it's, okay it's uh, um, i'm just curious if that's still in your blood if you want to like yeah
2: you know. no i love writing i love writing so much and i do it all the time that's why i do these books you know it's like a spider that spins his web that's yeah, right. what i do i can't help it and it's from the stand-up days so you moved on from uh Comics only, you did House of Buggin' that? House of Buggin' with John Leguizamo. Louis Guzman was on it. Do you know that guy who's just a brilliant... He's in everything. Brilliant actor. And Dave Herman, who was brilliant. He went on to Mad TV. He was in... uh, uh, What was it? He's been in a ton of stuff. He talked like Yoda in The One. What was that? The guy... Was that uh, High or the Dave Chappelle thing?
0: um, Oh, uh, what's that called? With the... Dude from
2: CERNet Live, uh, yeah, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's I that? think he was in that with them. But he's a super funny. You would if you saw him, yeah, he'd yeah. go that guy. And I think he was a voice on uh, Mike Judge's mm. stuff. The uh, oh, yeah, he was on what? King of the Hill. King of the Hill. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, they were on that. Wow. And from that, that was after in, in Living Color was first, then House of Buggin', then I think I went to the Tonight Show. That's exactly what happened. I.
0: Uh, I heard a couple, uh, what is the story about, is it true that you were hired for a show?
2: No, okay, yes. Okay, here's the story. So uh, <laughs> I'm at, I get a call, and... Because prior to this, all your credits are with, like, you know... In Living Color, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I wrote, and I, I wrote on a couple BET strip shows, yeah, too, okay. during that period, and, I'm, and my name's T-Sean, but it's T-period and Timothy-Sean. <laughs> And so I Could get a be more call. Irish. Timothy
0: Sean I Janet. get a
2: call, and this guy is, like, really excited. Hey, uh, like, are you working on something right now? Because we got a slot. We just read your packet. Oh, my God, it's so great. We can't, yeah, we're starting this thing the second week of March. I go, I'm going to be free then. Yeah, this will be perfect. And then, okay, well, uh, we need to come in for, I think, was, yeah, we want to talk to you. We'd love you to come by. And then they hang up. And then I guess they called my agent, and then they called me back, and they go, Hey, uh, we just heard you're white. <laughs> I go, Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, we, we have to hire a black guy. We were so excited, but all right. Sorry, man. You know, in living color, T. Sean, we just, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. <laughs> That's awesome. It was no, it was very, and I appreciate the honesty of yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no, we got to hire a black guy. So um, yeah, at least you just like walk in on the first
1: day, and be like, hey, yeah, hey, hey what's the You're like? Did somebody order? Is a he mulatto?
2: <laughs> Who is this guy?
0: <laughs> um, did you? Is that how you moved into Tonight Show? Or yeah,
2: no, I moved to the Tonight Show from. uh. House of Buggin I moved back I moved out here again
0: So you wrote for The Tonight Show For how long? Two years Two years I saw you when you Did the shows in Chicago
2: Yeah that was a blast We got to travel a lot That was fun That was fun I love Dude Leno's the funniest guy To hang out with Possibly the funniest Human being on the planet
0: Yeah you know And it's You know I, I don't want you to Throw your old boss or a you know a, a bus or anything, but it's just weird how it doesn't really translate, you know. And oh, you know, it's
2: kind of dude. Strange, I know? think his monologue's the best. Still, it's long, but there's five solid jokes every night where you go, "That's a great joke." I mean, just where you got to, dude. That's a great joke, and I don't think anyone else uh, does it. That like you know, Kimmel does great stuff. Kimmel does that uh, unnecessary editing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's just genius. But I think, per joke, dude, I think Leno's the best. I'll throw, you, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Go ahead. I
1: was just gonna say, can you like take us into like the world of writing for Leno? Because it's not like any other show. Like you have to make material every single day. Yeah, it's a grind. It's a music.
2: machine. It's a coal mine. Well, how often does thing. he come up with material? Is he right he, there? He the always he rewrites. He so the day begins about uh, eight. Or nine, I came in at ten. Um, Dude, I know. And he, CPT, man, I tell you, they really did think I was black. I would come in late every day. So, uh, what's the story on this guy? He comes in late every day. His name's t Sean? Okay. So, so um, he had his office downstairs where he would he would come in every morning, uh, read what was written the night before because people write at night, and they would fax him jokes and so he would read all that while he was working out and then he would finish his workout and then go upstairs to his office right around 10.30 but every once in a while he'd finish early and I'd be coming down the stairs because I was the only writer it was Kevin Eubanks and him and then me down in this basement (laughs) and I would be coming in late sometimes and he would see me and he would either go oh I wish I could come in at 10 o'clock it must be nice (laughs) or he would look at me Look at his watch and pretend to take out a little notebook and write down something. <laughs> and then put it back in his pocket. And those were always the days I had to turn in more material. <laughs> but I was a bit guy, so I wrote bits. I wrote the things after the monologue. Like field bits? Or- like, like jaywalking or celebrity products or whatever. And this was during the OJ trial. This was one of the, this, here's why I got the job. I had written this thing. It was like the Bud Bowl. But it was the Bud trial, and it was like the lady who testified from the airplane was a little bottle of liquor, and uh, uh, Cato Kalin was a tropical, whatever, some type of fruity drink, and uh, whatever, the big fat lawyer, what was that guy? I don't uh, even remember. It was Robert so long ago. No, no, Shapiro was a slick one. Okay. And then the Johnny Cochran had big eyebrows. It was, uh, no, it's the old Texas guy who, from a Marine to a Marine, let me ask you a question. What's that guy? I don't oh, even remember. I don't remember. Whatever, but he was a big two-leader. But that was what I turned in. <laughs> and it was, it, dude, it, was a re- it worked out really funny, and it was really nice. So that was one of the things that got me the job, I think, because I'd had oh, that cool. bit. So I would do stuff like that. And the monologue guys would come in early, and they would write, and then after a certain point, like 2.30, if it was, like, super current, you could do it, but they'd start writing for the next day. And I would always fax bits to him, like what I wrote during the day for ideas. I would always come up with ideas for new bits after the monologue. I would fax them to him at night, and he would give them to the head writer and say, yes, or is there anything here, and... Um it was really cool I have something here I'm going to find it later when we take they, a break what, what time did uh, what time did you guys shoot we shot at uh, 4.30 I think
0: 4.30 so you're pretty much living this job
2: you yeah know, you're
0: coming home and you know you're thinking of stuff and sending it thinking of like stuff that,
2: yeah. but it was like I'm really good at that I'm, and I don't mean to brag or anything but it's just something that comes super naturally and, that, and it came naturally at SNL as well you know
0: well that's awesome Did. uh is this how you got in the world of like writers? and other, like, I know that... Is the, is the next step Saturday Night Live for you in this? The next step was vibe.
2: vibe. And the, and the, then the Magic Johnson show. <laughs> then Saturday Night Live. I will say that one very loud. Eight years at the, the historical John- Saturday Night Live and Magic Johnson. Was
0: it the Magic Johnson show where you're like, well, this, won't. this is obviously... We're not going to get renewed. <laughs> Dude, you know
2: what happened? I left before the I mean, show even started. That, were you worried but, that,
0: like, you know, your your host is sick? You know, He's like, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, no, come on, too soon,
2: too soon. Too soon.
0: Well, I'm wondering about that. Like, like, was he? Did he announce that he was sick? <laughs> he that? was sick already.
1: Yeah, yeah. he had. No, show. you
2: know what? He's not sick. He has a disease. He, right. He's infected with a disease, but I all wouldn't right, say right. he's sick. All right, he's not sick.
1: Um, what had convinced you to leave Leno? Uh, I got
2: the, I got offered the head writer job, and that at, was more
1: appealing at the time. It
2: was yeah, I mean it was a little more appealing. And it was you know it was a gamble, and I and you know what I didn't want to leave. I'll be honest with you. I went in and talked to him about it, and I I teared up because I really I can't tell you how much I love Leno. I think he's a dude. He was my hero when I was just starting stand up. And His stuff on Letterman was some of the Dude, best stuff I've ever that's seen. that's what, if, you don't, if you've never experienced Leno or never think he's funny, go watch him on the old Letterman's. Dude, no one was funnier. I tell you.
0: What's my beef, right?
2: That what's my beef? But just, it was, and it was, and if you look back there, it was always, it was never controversial. It was always middle of the road stuff, but it was always the best takes on all this stuff. And so if you look at that, so I, I was really sad about leaving. And, and he told me he goes dude you know you're 30 he goes this is the time to take a chance so I you know which was super cool and it dude he's such a good guy I've always and super nice to my parents and everybody there was cool working That's at awesome. Leno so it was fun I just went back yesterday with Lenny and dude it's so nice to see all those old people oh, wow, you wow. know I don't mean old yeah. people old friends friends I knew from before when we were both young
0: well, that's great so you went down to the show I went down to the show how many of the writers are still there that, when you were there not
2: as many most of the monologue guys are there I think yeah. all the bit guys are gone but I see all the monologue guys so that's cool that's cool so then uh, so then after that I go to Vibe because and it's a Quincy Jones Quincy show Quincy Jones right and that's the only reason I took the meeting is because Quincy Jones was the meeting I oh, said wow. I want to meet Quincy Jones <laughs> that's cool and dude the nicest guy super nice have you worked with any assholes? <laughs> um, I'm sure I have. Just <laughs> this one
0: guy named John oh, Novotny. John
1: Novotny. <laughs> Needled me for six months
0: on a sure.
2: podcast. Picking on a guy's got it. Guy. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to my fridge, man. I feel yeah. like Louis Anderson. I remember he said, I, Where do you like to have, Where do you like to have sex?" I asked him, he goes, "Dude, near a fridge." I always <laughs> thought that was a good answer. So, uh, you Dude buy- died Dr. Pepper, Hillbilly from Texas. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, how now? Send Live. You you went there. Dude, to write Fred here. Wolf
2: gets the call to get my stuff read because it's really weird getting stuff read there because it's yeah it's very bizarre. So I get my stuff read by Tim Hurley. When you say it's very bizarre, it was you have to kind of know somebody. You it's sometimes, like yeah, I mean, but you don't. But it helps to get it to get it seriously considered or. You know, I mean, it, yeah. Anytime you have a guy who's been there, who's good, and says this guy can do it, it goes to the top of the. Oh, cool. And they have so many submissions.
0: Now what would you? What would be a regular packet? Like what? Like ten.
2: Three sketches. sketches. No, less is more. Whenever you're submitting writing or anything, it's always the shorter. If it's a video, the shorter the better. It's always less. Don't give them because they're they. That's you're giving them reasons not to hire you. If you give them too much stuff. If they're looking for a reason, then they'll go, What about this one? This is a shitty sketch. This guy. <laughs> How about those other five good ones? Fuck that. Look at that one. <laughs> yeah, it's about A go- donkey. <laughs> are, they're trying to put shit back into. Come on.
1: Hey, Did, I didn't know they had a Jewish grandmother deciding this. <laughs> no, they do. That's exactly
2: who they have. Dude, actually, that's kind of a funny sketch. People trying to put shit back into a donkey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did do I...
0: Did any of those sketches like? Do you remember any of them? I don't.
2: Um, I don't think any of them made it. One commercial parody and two sketches. One was a topical sketch, and they love topical stuff. There, that's a big key to getting stuff on is you got to be topical. Why this week? Hmm. <laughs> Your Lord Michaels? <laughs> that's very bad. No, that's my Jewish grandpa. I don't know. I don't do good impressions. Kitty, my wife, does good impressions. So I, I forget. One was political. One was. Um, a commercial parody, and then the last, I forget, I don't even remember what they were. I remember I remember—I was writing them during the all-star home run derby that Mark McGuire was in. God
0: forbid you turn the TV off. To-
2: Dude, I love baseball. What can I say? No, I do remember I was sitting at a table typing it on my computer watching that in the living room. So um- so, they, I get red. Here's, so I get read. So I get read. They kind of hold off. And then at the last minute, I think Quinn told them about me as well. Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn, who I'd worked with in Living Color, we shared an office. Oh wow! And it was like uh, I'll tell you about that later. But um, so he knew. And then when Fred Wolf called, the guy flew me in to, to uh, for an interview, and which was super cool. And he even goes, uh, "Yeah, I, I I was regretting not flying you in." And, it, and flying in was weird because I'm working out at the gym. My wife calls me. NBC just called. They want you to get on a plane at 5 o'clock. And it's like 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I went, okay. And then I went down, got on a plane, flew Red Eye, then met with them that afternoon, and then flew back. Did I, f- I think I stayed the night. Did you know you had it? No. So then I had to come meet Lauren. And they go, and then after a week or two, I hear, okay. We think we're going to hire you, but Lauren has to okay it. So you got to come talk to Lauren. So then I get there, and it's commercial parodies, and we write commercial parodies before the season starts. You write the first three weeks, and then, uh, Lauren never met Lauren, and then like after the third week, this guy Mike Shoemaker, one of the producers, comes around. Okay, you, you got the job. So you wrote <laughs> for three weeks without knowing you yeah, It was job? like this weird. Okay, you're just waiting to meet Lauren. Okay, expecting and, yeah, that's going to happen. Are you getting paid at this time? Or yeah, I'm like, getting paid, but they could have. Like, but it could have been a contract or anything. There's like No, that. I don't know. I don't even remember. That, but they go, you got to meet Lauren. I go, okay. And what and was that then, like meeting him? Well, I never met him then cut to March still
0: after the three weeks you still never this met? is
2: our, this is August September <laughs> cut to March where I'm writing a cold open uh, for the Monica Lewinsky thing and they were, did an interview or was it Linda Tripp was it, it was showing on the Today Show on Friday and we got to go look at it Thursday night to try to come up with an idea for a cold open and so we watched it Thursday night and then the producer and me Steve Higgins and I from
0: Higgins, the producer from the crew, right? and me
2: yes brilliant guy very funny He, we call Lauren, and Lauren, um, "Mm, this is my first conversation with T-Sean. And I go, hey, pretty cool, huh? He goes, let's see how it goes. (laughs) Dude, but he was aware he had never talked to me. Like, I would see him at table reads and stuff. Really? So, like, he'd be around, you just never had a conversation with the boss? I don't know, never really had a conversation with him. Did that he's make you feel awkward? No, it made me feel confident. Of course it made me feel awkward. <laughs> the hell? This guy doesn't speak to me. Dude, it was always some type of weird... Mm, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but then when then when you talk... He does talk to you. He's, he's super warm. He's super nice guy. He's super funny. That's the thing I didn't expect. How funny he is. Dude, that guy... Yeah. So laser quick. Oh, my God. He did a thing. I think it was one of my first weeks there. And Joan Allen was the host. And she was part of Steppenwolf Theater. Oh, yeah. And so the monologue she was doing, this guy kind of writes uh, Chevy Chase anti-jokes. Like, thank you very little. Stuff like that. <laughs> so he'd written that she's up there talking about being in Steppenwolf the band. <laughs> and... It it wasn't going well, and so Lauren turns to the writer, because during dress, there's an 8 o'clock dress that they have sketches at. You have to sit next to Lauren, and he gives you comments on your sketch and what to cut and whatever. And so the monologue is just, oh, it's in the tank. And Lauren turns to the writer who writes anti-jokes. He goes, the monologue is killing. Oh, wait, it's not. <laughs> So he gutted the guy with his own joke. And like, it was so brilliant. I was just like, wow. You used that guy's own weapon against him. You got it out of his holster and shot him in the belly. Wow. But dude, it was so funny. Did you
1: ever do any acting on SNL?
2: I asked questions in monologues. He would show up like, you know, the guy in the audience. And I had one punchline in a Tina Fey sketch. It was about when Joe DiMaggio was uh went to the shoot where Marilyn Monroe's thing was blowing up and he went nuts. And I even forget who the host was. It might have been Charles. Her dress was coming up. Yeah. And they go, "Hey, can the cameraman get?" And I was the cameraman. I go, "We can't get any closer. I can see her patch." And it wasn't a bad line, but people were like, "Who is that guy?" <laughs> they don't know. Like all oh, everybody's in the sketch and then there's me. And it was like, "I could see her patch." Crickets. Uh, <laughs> bummer. This is the only sketch I was ever in.
1: Hey, are you, by chance, are you related to Molly Shannon?
2: No, I'm not, but she was there when I got there. But she's a cool lady from Cleveland. She's a super good lady. Now, you know how she got on there? This is the greatest story. She used to do shows out here. She's not a ground not really? a second city person. She did shows, and she had a shoebox, and she always... Had mailers and just was constantly doing shows and getting a room to do them in. And Marcy Klein saw her, loved her. And she told me about the day she went out with that shoebox full of addresses and just threw them up in the air. And it was just such a victory. She is so cool, man. That lady, super cool. Her mom so she died basically young. basically, was she, just kind of a, a walk Just Dude, that's the way you got to do it in showbiz, you know? Some people get handed to them, but very rarely, you know? you gotta work hard and she I mean she did it by herself you know and it's so cool
0: as a writer did you ever want to be in more sketches did you want to be a cast
2: member no because they were really good when I was on Leno I used to be in a lot of stuff and I kind of got a rep as that oh he wants to be in it but it was just because they didn't have actors and they would just hire random people and I'm like dude I wrote it I I know what I'm doing (laughs) who we getting we getting John Goodman no okay I'll do it (laughs) So um so that was kind of a rep I had cuz the NBC guy and this was the this is so funny the the head of NBC at the time was like um or not he was a late late night executive and he told uh the head writer Tim Hurley um yeah all this guy wants to do is be in sketches Yeah I don't like this guy and they go, we didn't like Gary, uh, so we gave you an interview because he didn't like you. So that was another reason I got the interview. They didn't like the NBC executive, who didn't like me. That's awesome. The enemy of your enemy is your friend. friend. Oh, great. So but No, no, I never wanted, because there were, were such good actors there. So it was like, yeah, I never wanted to. I had no desire to be in it, and that was not what I, you know. And that's a way to get noticed in a bad way.
0: One of, my, one of my favorite sketches that you did... What year was the... You were there for 10 years...
2: Eight, but we'll say 10 yes 10 like, years 10 years I'm no sorry. it was 98 through 2006 yes, but what IMDB
1: they, says uh,
2: well let's I'm not going to change that <laughs> IMDB says from
1: 1975 to present day. <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I like it
2: but, you uh, like those new characters I came up with them. Oh, no it was well.
1: actually really cool as I got to uh, you
0: actually let me come to Saturday Night Live yes I, I was it awesome, was fun two tickets to the show and uh, uh, I um, did a
2: horrible thing there but continue
0: <laughs> that was a fun night that but, was a
2: very good night
0: uh, so uh but uh, the, the, so one of my favorite sketches. Let's. When was
2: the Hugh Jackman? Dude, Christmas show. That's it, one of my it, favorites.
0: Christmas. What was that? How far
2: into your? I don't know. Probably my third year. So, are you getting sketches on all the time now? What was your you first sketch? Okay, here's here's the first. The second week. It's you know. There's guys who go the whole year without getting something. Well,
0: on. the show that I went to go see you at, you didn't have a sketch. Yeah, we were hanging out. That's a that tough one.
2: Watched. That's a tough one. So it's twenty shows a year the second week of my first year i got a sketch to dress and it didn't make it it was a kelsey Grammer show and it and that's was that's like, not
0: an unusual thing right yeah
2: because me- there's a dress at eight o'clock and it's an extra half hour and there's probably 12 sketches in there and they cut it down to eight so it's not uncommon to get a, a sketch cut but i didn't get anything on for the next six weeks i was getting stuff on update which helped and then is this Colin Quinn update? Colin Quinn update.
0: So your buddies with him
2: already. Yeah, and me you know, and, his voice and Yeah, and me and Adam McKay, who's a he was a head writer there, brilliant. We used to, and they have these packets with setups for update. It says uh, a man in Los Angeles was caught with a cat in a vacuum. And then there's blank lines for jokes and we prided on ourselves in filling in Every setup, and we would have a contest, and we'd write every Friday night, which was a blast. And then we'd swap them and read and laugh. My favorite joke, which made the air of his, was a Channel 4 helicopter crashed in Hudson Bay. And it was covered by the UPN rowboat. <laughs> I <remember> that joke. <laughs> that was a great joke, and I remember reading his packet and dying and laughing. Dude, he had so many funny ones, and I did too, that never got on just because they were just making us laugh. I
0: feel bad about the fact that Quinn got kind of a bad rap on, on Weekend Update. Because Dude, he was replacing, so good. Replacing Norm McDonald's not the easiest thing in the world. But at the same time, Quinn was, without a doubt, one of the best stand-ups uh, at the time, and certainly now, I think. He's only gotten uh, Oh,
2: my God. They're, he's the smartest. He has gone down both roads more than anybody. He partied harder more than anybody I've known, the stories. And then he reads more. He used to go, he was reading The Ginger Man, this J.P. Dunleavy book. And then the character would get into bar fights. So he went and he would go get in bar fights because he read about it in a novel about an Irish poet. (laughs) He's the only guy walking into a bar with a ginger man in his back pocket to pick a fight. (laughs) And he was he had this amazing life and he's just he he rivals Little. I think those two guys are the funniest humans that I've ever met. Oh yeah, I,
0: we we did a show together, you, me, and Colin. Yeah, yeah. We, did we did a college together. College that together, it was, that was a lot of fun. He was he was just a what college? It was College of DuPage. <laughs> was, it was in I, Chicago. Yeah, it
1: was a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It was. I didn't uh, know there are clown colleges in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank
0: you. Um, but yeah, so uh, you you're starting to get sketches on. So yeah, yeah right, I want to hear the Hugh Jackman one. Okay, That's,
2: so right around December, I start getting uh, topical sketches on. Uh, cold opens and stuff and I, and I find a nice niche and I have a really good first year that started super slow and because I came in with two other writers, and one guy got a sketch on like for the first four weeks shit and man it's just <laughs> sweats pouring. Are, you are know they, what there, so I'm they, there about, are they supportive though or like the other writers being Yeah. Like, or there, no oh, no oh, no no, no no dude the Harvard guy competition guys. between the writers. well I came from Leno that was one of my credits and everyone there hated Leno so I was an I was just a pariah there and the Harvard guys wouldn't talk to me like we'd be sitting at a uh the dinner table and it's just where we do read through and we're sitting there and then like they'd be talking hey did you see so and so no i haven't seen it yet i saw it i thought it was pretty good and then there no one answers or listens <laughs> to me and then it's just like okay i'm new here <laughs> so i'm going to let that slide cuz maybe y'all don't know better Dude, but I dude and I'm a stand-up too, and you know stand-ups are the most hateful people on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that never helped. Here's a story my first year, and then I'll get back to that. So my first year, and I just heard this, so I shoot a commercial for TurboTax with Tim Meadows, and I'm playing he's in a late night band and I play the drums. And so this is December and it's on now. Look for TurboTax if it's before April fifteenth. So He's sitting there and he goes, hey, do you remember what you used to do to me when you first got SNL? I go, no. He goes, you don't remember how you used to bust my balls? I'm like, no. He goes, I had given an interview in USA Today. Ladies man was coming out and the guy asked me a jackass question. And he goes, do you you want to be a millionaire with a mansion and a a limo? And Tim goes, uh, his answer was, I'm happy with my two cars and motorcycle. And so that's what they put giant under his picture in the interview. I'm happy with my two cars and motorcycle. So he goes, You come down and knock on my door. I open the door. It's this new guy with really long hair. I had a ponytail back then. I thought I was Willie Nelson. And I'm holding the paper to the side of me, and I look at it, and I look at him, and I go, I'm happy with my two cars and motorcycle. Well, aren't you the everyman? <laughs> dude, he said, you would not let me off the mat for like four months after that. Dude, you no don't idea. even remember, don't remember it. it. <laughs> I'm such, that guy had been there 10 years. <laughs> there, there's a new gun in town. <laughs> he just and Quinn, I told Quinn this story, and he's dying laughing. He goes, dude, you didn't even bump him into the hallway. You knocked on his door. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you are a gunslinger. <laughs> had to shoot his hat off. He goes to pick it up. <laughs> Bing, bing, dude! And it's just being a stand-up. It's hard, dude. I heard that, and I was like, "Oh no! How many people's hats have I shot off? That I don't know, dude. It's a stand-up." But so my first year, near the end, I get stuff on. But I think my second or third year, I get the Hugh Jackman sketch on. Oh, that's great. And so Lauren keeps put. He makes it the last sketch, and a lot of times the last sketch gets cut because the show goes long and uh Hugh Jackman won't let that happen it's his favorite sketch like when i meet his wife on thursday you're T-Sean you wrote oh my god you wrote the kangaroo sketch like he, that's always talked about so it's super cool and then at a, during weekend update the host and the producers and lauren get together and they map out the end of the sh- what's happening for the rest of the show we're running long we got to do this this We need two minutes out of this sketch or whatever. And Jackman keeps going, uh, we're not losing the kangaroo. No, no, we're we're not losing the kangaroo. (laughs) But he fought for it. And then the premise of the sketch is in America, they have Santa Claus. But in Australia, they have the Christmas kangaroo. And since Australians are a rough bunch, you got to fight the kangaroo. If you beat him, you get gifts. But if you don't beat him, the kangaroo can do anything he wants. And he usually sodomizes the guy. (laughs) And so Will Farrell plays the dad, and he goes, Christmas was great, five. But then at 10, it took a horrible turn They when the kangaroo won. So the kangaroo gets Will behind the couch. And, uh, dude, I'll show you the cue cards. I'll bring them down. Hold on. <laughs> Put it on pause. Put it on pause. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Let me pause this.
2: All right, we couldn't find the cue cards. Okay, we're we back. couldn't Those find the cue, cue cards. Those
1: cue cards are fucking awesome. They right, were great. I know. <laughs> I
2: couldn't find them. But the two things on yeah, the you can cue use card paper over here. there's this stage direction, and it says, Kangaroo goes behind couch and humps Will. <laughs> and then the last one is the last line. It's like, uh, So the last year, after Will gets sodomized, he goes, I thought it would get better, but my dad lost the last five years in a row. He. For, for a minute, I didn't even think he was trying. And it cuts to Will, and he's in, like, these short shorts and a sleeveless shirt. And he goes and throws these two weak punches. He goes, up, looks like you win again. Go get him a scotch and soda, kid.
0: <laughs>
2: and so the last one, the kid. I the, my favorite part is, like, if you actually watch it, though, like, kangaroo kind of, like,
0: uses his little paw. Like, turns, yeah, around, like, turns, turns turn Will around.
2: <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, turn around. So Will turns around. And he goes, yeah, you know, I felt guilty getting a sweater vest for that and so the last year he kills the kangaroo and he goes um, sure now in Australia little boys and girls don't get toys but they're spared the horror of watching a giant marsupial take their old man to brown town <laughs> <laughs> and dude brown town is just my favorite and, I, and that was a phrase I stole out of a McKay sketch Oh, uh, I even go dude I gotta use that yeah I just realized that there's a,
0: kind of a theme uh, were you doing many videos at, at that point? No, you know, I got Bear
2: City right after well, that. Was it right after that? Because yeah.
0: you had, uh, the can- I just realized, the kangaroo.
2: You you have a lot of... Dude, like, animal suits, you man. You like animal suits. I tracked it down, too, and I'm going to say something to these two young bucks who have been talking so much this whole show. <laughs> the Andy Williams show, when I was five, it was on, and they had a talking bear who wanted cookies, and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, and I think that, that's where I tracked it down. You, two years later, I went... That's where that bear thing comes from because I'm crazy about bears. I love bear suits. They're hilarious. Charlie, we always talked about doing a fake bear theater where you show a movie and each week there's just a bad fake bear in it. Dude, fake bears are hilarious.
0: So Bear City, Tell, uh, have you guys seen Bear City at all? Bear no. City is an
2: entire city of dudes in bear suits, and they wear like coat jackets, and they just live like humans. They've evolved. And it's like the... Uh, Fred Willard was the... Fred Willard uh, was the narrator. <laughs> He's genius. And then, but like... Uh, Do
0: the part with the two kids.
2: Uh, oh, <laughs> and then the, the the only people who survived, there was a meteor hit hit outside of Midland, Texas, and everybody evacuated. But bears evolved, and the only two who survived were two brave children who were quickly eaten by bears. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, one is like a brown bear goes into a uh, convenience store, and there's a panda behind the counter, and he's trying to get smokes. And he's going, grr, and the panda's going, grr? No, grrr, grr? <laughs> So it's like, it's stuff like that. And then there's another one where uh, a, cab. A, a black bear is trying to get a cab and he's got gold chains. And then a polar bear comes out and the cab pulls right over. And then finally somebody gets out of a cab, so the black bear gets in and then he ends up robbing the driver. <laughs> you wrote a Bear City movie. Oh, man, that's what I'm making these bear suits for. Is there I'm really? getting, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's like really, it's really cool idea and it's just narration and the bear. You know what's happening because the bears. You know where I got the idea? It, I was on an airplane and I watched... With a bunch of bears? Yes. <laughs> me and bears. It was jet blue. So they were like <laughs> packed. They let bears watching on. Watching live TV together. But I watched... I, w- I flew back and forth. I lived here uh, in Glendale when I wrote for SNL. And it'd be like two weeks on, one week off. So I just flew back and forth because my wife stayed here. And... I would watch the movies without sound and at no point was I ever lost. I knew exactly what was going on and I just realized like you didn't need the words and I always thought that would be so cool because it's a visual medium. And so that's why I came up with Bear City and it's also the emasculation of man that these bears, like the first one was this car wreck and these two bears get out and And then they shrug and take out their wallets and give each other insurance cards. (laughs) And it really is the emasculation of man. Like in the past, you would have killed that guy. (laughs) But now it's like, hey, here's this guy you can call. (laughs) So that's where the idea came from. And I wrote this whole high school movie based on that. And it's this kids' adventures and his friends. And so I'm still working on it. And with digital, I can do it on my own now. Right, right, right. Which I couldn't do this... When you like uh it? ten years ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember reading like the first draft. It was very good, very funny.
2: Like, Dude, thank you. Yeah, no, everyone I tell about, like all my agents and managers are like, Oh why aren't you writing a movie without words? Great. <laughs> and then they would all read it and they'd go, Dude, you made it work. Yeah. So I uh, I think it is gonna work and I'm gonna get it made. But uh yeah, it's that's a lifelong dream. I love that and I'm gonna make it happen.
0: So is that how you started transitioning into Doing videos directing. Filmmaking,
2: yes. I Was did. Bear City. I got to do a short for Herald, yeah, I which saw that was show. my movie. And was a, for
0: the uninitiated, it was a, a short on Saturday Night Live about a kid in high school with male pattern baldness.
2: Yeah, he's a 12-year-old kid <laughs> he has male pattern baldness. I, I don't remember telling you my movie, right? Yeah, I know. It's rough growing up like that. <laughs> but he, um, and we shot one and the wig was so bad, we were shooting three. And we only got to shoot one because the wig was so bad. It was a bummer. So after I shot that, I I really got the bug to direct and stuff. And that summer, I shot Bear City on my own. I funded it, shot five of them.
0: Oh, yeah, you were telling me that you were shooting out in your front yard, and the cops pull up, and there's like everybody's just at Bears and they're beating each other. It was Rabbit Town, right? Yeah, it was Rabbit
2: Town. No, that was the best one because everyone would slow down because I had like. Thirty people in animal suits in front my front yard. <laughs> half were rabbits, half were bears, and everyone would slow down and like roll down their window and look or ask questions. The only people who never stopped or even slowed down were cops. They drove by and looked <laughs> over and just kept going. did say, "Oh no, I don't want to deal with that today." Fuck that <laughs> so it was super cool. But I shot that on my own in SNL Bottom, and it was super cool. And it was the beginning kind of of the digital short.
0: Yeah, you know, without a doubt. You said yeah. that that, uh, that the it was almost like you took that Albert Brooks thing and brought it back, you know? Remember when Brooks yeah. used to do a film every week?
2: And um, it was, you know what, it un, uh, SNL was hard to get stuff done. Like Harold was like a real big production and it was just cuz you were doing it through the show where when I came out here and shot it myself, I could do it 10 times cheaper. And that's kind of what they did with the digital shorts.
0: Oh yeah, the the, yeah. the Lonely Island guys is yeah. those you know. guys are brilliant. Is that, I, I'm assuming that's why they get to do what they get to do is because they yeah, can yeah, do everything small. Yeah. So you uh, you started getting the directing bug. Yeah. Are you are you thinking features at this point? Yeah, I would love to
2: do a feature. That's what I'm thinking. And I get and I have this script out called Harold.
0: Well, before well, when you were doing these sketches on SNL, live now are you still doing videos and writing full sketches?
2: Yeah, yeah, time? yeah. I would do because we would have off weeks in the spring. SNL is the greatest gig in the world because you work two weeks in April and you have two weeks off. March, two weeks, two weeks off. So I would, whenever I had a two-week thing, I would shoot. Oh, cool. uh, And I ended up shooting 16 Bear Cities and they showed eight of them where can you
0: them. find those because I used to have you know them on one website
2: they had them great. on that website and then that went down I don't know I forgot to pay something or something what <laughs> <Did> happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man I'm horrible it was all set up it was all it yeah it was great. so great I was sending everybody there and then all of a sudden like, this link doesn't yeah, work yeah like, oh. I, I messed up and forgot to do something but I don't know where they are my manager has a lot of them online Hot House Productions
0: yeah yeah uh, Hot House just really quickly is uh, um, a uh, management company RZO Management yeah. uh, downtown and they have a production company LA. downtown that's and it's, wonderful um, they put a show on once a month there that is just um, phenomenal stand up show I know that the, both of these guys have been to the yeah. show and uh, they do videos I mean really it's like it's it's nice to see something like that in LA where they're just keeping creativity alive yeah. kind of like they're trying to do something, you know, which is nice, you know, and hopefully... And it's a um, free show. It's a free show. I don't know and how the they fuck they afford that. But so, I mean, it's yeah, like, it's super free cool. It's, I know they go in the hall every, every yeah, month. Yeah, but, but, but it's
2: like, yeah, it's, a, you know, just building comedy. It's so, a cool place. At this point, now, does Saturday Night Live own everything that you do? Yes. Or is there like... Yes, but Lauren is super cool about that. So, okay. so Lauren owns Harold... Which was a script I wrote. I wrote a feature about a bald headed kid and Lauren loved it and he goes, Why don't we make you these shorts? So that's how the shorts came about and that was two thousand three. And then two thousand eight I finally got Harold released. I made it in two thousand six, I think, or seven. I made it in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. With and Cuba
0: Gooding Jr.
2: With Cuba Gooding Jr., dude, that guy's the best. I can't, again, I guess I say nice things about everybody, but yeah. that guy is the coolest. And Spencer Breslin, who is Abigail Breslin's older brother. Has he done anything since now? He, uh, he's done a couple things. He was in the M. Shinagi Hagi. Nate Shalman. Yeah, what's that guy's name? and Shalman. Yeah. Shalman, Ding Dong. Him. I, I think that guy's a good filmmaker too. I'm sorry I don't know his name, uh, but he was in the one where it was Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I forget the, um, that one. I'm not. I couldn't signs. get the guy's name. I don't. I, I don't get the Is movie. Signs?
0: No, not Signs. It's the one where um, everyone freezes. Yeah, when they're like, it's the one where they make fun. That's where they they cut that the happening sketch. Yeah, the, the happening. happening. Yes. That's where they got that sketch from
2: Ding. Hey,
0: what? Everyone's freezing? Everyone's, no, one's, no one's moving? That's where they got that Mark Wahlberg <laughs> impersonation from.
2: <laughs> so um, so, I did, so he was in my movie, too. But that finally got made because of Lauren. And Lauren had a thing in it that it had to be released in theaters. And that's why it got released. Oh, wow, that's cool. Lauren's the best. How did it do? It was, you know what? Here, let's do the positive spin on it. It was the number one comedy per screen that week.
0: That's awesome.
2: That is awesome. Okay, now you want the unpolished (laughs) turd? It was in three theaters. It had zero advertising. And uh, I think we made 28 grand for the week in three theaters. So you tell me you're in the black. Uh, we were in the black <laughs> no it only cost 1.3 to make so I don't know if they made it back but we went on video Nikki Blonsky's in it The Girl from Hairspray it's a really cool film it Did it some of the Netflix reviews yeah or? it's on Netflix on demand and it's called Harold but some of the reviews were like wow I just thought I made a movie I didn't mean to one woman goes because uh, I have jokes for adults as well as kids I have a Harold and Maude reference I have a lot of adult jokes as well as kid jokes and the girl was like, I don't know who these jokes are for because so kids can't give. Well, cartoons have never done that, have they? Every every Pixar film doesn't have jokes at kids. And then she goes, I got them, but I refuse to laugh at them on principle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My movie affected this lady's principles. I thought I just made a movie about a bald headed kid that I thought was pretty funny. This lady's principles were challenged. That's hilarious. So when you read stuff like that, it's like, well, okay, I guess. I just thought I made a movie, but okay. But I got some really nice reviews. Somebody called it uh, a smart Napoleon Dynamite, which was oh, super that was cool. Nice. Your so, mom saw
0: it. Yeah, I got. I got uh, <laughs> what? Your mom saw
2: it. My mom saw it. No, that was the New York Observer, if I'm not mistaken, well, that's cool. sir. So from that. You, uh, well, I did a pilot then too for Comedy Central called Knight Rider. Your,
0: which is based on your book. Which is based on my books. Let's talk about your books real quick.
2: Okay, so I just finished my sixth book. It's going to be an ebook. book. Wow. Well, I thought you
0: just meant you just finished what's that Randy Daterfield joke? It's like, I just finished my first book, now I'm going to read another one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I finished my sixth one, dude. And it's color cartoons. I do all the drawings and I do all the uh, writing. And uh, it has cartoons in it and stuff. And uh, yeah,
0: they're very funny. I've got I've got like at least three of them.
2: That's yeah, awesome. I got books here. I'll give the fellows before they leave. They got jokes, party gifts. <laughs> but I got one, and it's going to be an ebook, and it's going to be online. And it's going to be ninety nine cents. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm really excited about can it. Just give you a dollar
0: right now. And- okay, uh, yeah, I will accept it. <laughs> can they? Just, are, is, can you get it on the Kindle? Like, is that uh, a-
2: yeah, that's what I'm making it for wow. that stuff. So that's what I'm figuring out all that stuff right now. But it's either going to be called unreliable narrator or Wolfman Lincoln, Murder at the Astrodome and Other Stories, which I love and I got a poster for that, but unreliable narrator seems like an easier title. But it's, uh, it's a really cool, funny book. So, did you bring the
0: book to Comedy Central and say...
2: Hey, look, yeah, I pitched it? it, I go, this is, you see a guy and the premise is a guy's at his typewriter and each sketch begins in the typewriter and it's like... uh you know, Mrs. Phillips went to the doctor for her six month checkup of pregnancy. And then you cut to a sketch where it's Fred Willard as a doctor, and he's going down and he's shining the flashlight between the woman's legs, and a little hand comes out and grabs a flashlight from him. And the baby steals it, and then he's reaching in for the flashlight, and the baby gets his gun. <laughs> like, he got my gun! What? What are you doing with a gun? Relax. In my glove box, there's another gun. I'm not going to gunfight, so that's what. It, and then at the end of the sketch, you um, you cut to. Uh, a, an armless baby doll watching the sketch on the scene on the screen and he turns to the camera and he goes i'm the baby doll that gave up my arms for that sketch when, they, when when the writer came to me and told me that he wanted to rip my arms off i said no but then i heard the premise and it was pretty funny so i and then a dog comes up and just starts eating the <laughs> puppet right in the middle of him talking and rips him off so it's like continual everything bleeds into another and it all starts out of the typewriter and the guy's wife keeps opening the door making comments Like uh, the opening thing was a cartoon of the Michelin man and woman with a bed. They're both in, they're in bed with, he's in bed with a woman. And they're both smoking cigarettes. And he goes, just tell your husband the truth. You're late because you blew a tire. (laughs) (laughs) And so the door opens and the lady playing my wife goes... Opening with a BJ joke, really nice. Women are going <laughs> to love that. And she closes the door. So she's like the commentary for women. It was really clever and it tested well, but I guess people over there didn't want to do it.
1: So when, when, you, when you pitch a pilot or shoot a pilot, um, for those of us who haven't done it,
2: Oh y'all have never done that. Y'all should do it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I love so, it. <laughs> so
1: once like once it's shot, once you give it to you know Comedy Central, whatever. Like, are you just sitting around waiting for the phone to ring? Or like, well, once?
2: that was the lucky thing. The second I finished my pilot, I went to do the movie, so I didn't have to worry about waiting around.
0: Now, did you leave SNL to do the movie?
2: Yes. So, so I was leaving anyway. It was time. Home? Yeah, I know that you I were was kind there of burnt eight out. years, yeah. and it was like it was. Uh, here's when I knew I had to leave. I was. Um, January we had two shows and then there was a week off and then Steve Martin was coming and I didn't want to go back for the two shows in January I just wanted to stay here and I wanted to go to Steve Martin and I don't even remember who the hosts were but I just said I can't do this job anymore it's the greatest job dude it is the greatest job in the world but I think it was just I had learned everything I could learn so I think it was time to go yeah yeah you I mean, know, you
0: get to the point because I want
2: to do my own thing more than
0: it's a natural progression everyone's always said that about like comedy writing like it's going to be great until all of a sudden you think well wait now it's my turn or you know I need to do something for myself now you know? yeah you know?
2: I, and I think and it was uh, dude it was a great at years and I you know I love that job and it, and again like Leno I really missed it and didn't want to leave but it just seemed time and then I just got to shoot a pilot and then I got my movie it was so cool so it was a great time so it, w- it was the time to leave and you did one more sketch show after that right Swartzen I did Swartzen's, uh pretend time. time dude that guy's super funny very and we funny we did guy. some really good stuff on there that show was super dirty like I like I posted on, posted it on my Facebook for my friends to watch it but I go warning it's super dirty dude that show's super dirty yeah. I, they did a funny thing I didn't write it but it was a sit-up machine where you blow yourself to get abs. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. And then my buddy Frank Sebastiano wrote one. It was a barbecue restaurant that was closing down, so they changed the name to Big Tits Eat Free. <laughs> and the guy's walking down the line going, you eat free, you, eat, you can have appetizers. You can eat, hey, you're a dude. That doesn't count. We don't count big titties on dudes. And there was a joke they cut that was so brilliant. And the woman had had a mastectomy. Okay, half off for you. Which was, oh, it was too harsh, man. But it was a funny, funny, funny. I mean, it's a horrible joke. But saying it now, it's yeah, very. Right. It's, I mean, I'm, it's like, a horrible No, no, joke. they should have cut it. Because it's offensive and would hurt people, that said, man, somebody's got to get hurt in comedy, you know that's the rule of comedy Dude, all right let's talk about
0: this now. do you think you've softened it all having written for networks, and do you think like you you have know what idea? I've
2: softened by having a kid more having, than anything was, here's what I was
0: going to get at because um but but I don't think let's let, let me get to one okay. other topic real quick the aristocrats, okay it's, um. You, uh, you have a part in the aristocrats. I go
2: on this. My buddy, Paul Provenza, gave me my first job, tells me he's making a movie based on one joke, and everybody's going to tell the joke. So I say, of course I will do this movie that no one will ever see. <laughs> and in it, the premise of the joke is that it's this family that is very disgusting, and they have incest sex, and they shit in each other's mouth. And they fuck the dad, fucks the daughter, then fucks the son in the ass, and makes the daughter lick his.
1: But, but they're doing this because they're at an agent's office. And they're, they're at, at an agent's office. Job. Yeah,
2: I, I know. I should have explained that part too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, they're just not. So he's just he's not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, you don't see it, but the guy's pitching the act to an agent. He goes, and then I pull my dick out of my son's ass, and then my daughter licks off the shit of my dick, and then it's like this. It's as disgusting as you can be, and there's usually a dog that gets blown in it too. And at the end of the joke is, what do you call your act? And he goes, we're called the aristocrats. (laughs) So it's a funny joke. Hicks told me that joke. Uh, That's where I heard it. Hicks told me that joke. Yeah. So he comes to my office at SNL and goes, do you want to do it? And I go, yeah. And so we film it, and I tell the joke. And then also he gets me to define all these sexual terms. And in the movie, it's me and Andy Dick breaking down what uh, the rusty trombone is. So just... Company I'm with, I'm not getting a good shake there. In my That's opinion,
0: it was both because I, w- I listened to some of the commentary, and apparently you and him were just. R- just spot on with your descriptions, like like you didn't prepare, you didn't. They didn't say, "Hey, Andy Dick set it up like this." You just <laughs> both went on the same tangent, almost exactly in the intercut between you.
2: Dude, it's so funny. So I do that, and then the joke I tell at the end, I go, "You know, I actually had another version of that joke, and I tell it to prevent." It. He goes, "Oh, dude, we gotta tape that." I go, "Okay, I'll tape it." And he goes, "So oh, it's three African American women, and they have a show. One reads from uh, I forget some poet." while another paints a picture of the girl by Decroix while a third girl plays the harp. What do you call your act? We're called the nigger cunts. So, us dying laughing. He goes, you gotta do that, please. I go, like, oh, dude, it's a, joke. It a movie about a joke no one's gonna see. Sure, I'll do this. Turns out they get a distribution deal. It's a big hit. <laughs> I it saw it at all the huge party. I didn't even know you were in the movie. You know. So, then so the movie's a big hit and I haven't signed a release yet so man I'm getting a lot of calls hey we need you to sign the hey what are you doing You can can you sign this for me and I'm like okay so then have they, you seen the movie at this point I have not seen the movie at this point then I go to the premiere I walk in the premiere and it's Penn and Teller produced it and so it's just so cool that those guys know who you are when you walk up and and Pendulette's going, Come on, say it for me, nigger cunt, nigger cunt, nigger cunt. Please say it for me in your southern accent. I go, Okay, nigger cunt. Ah. So we go in, then there's all these people from a show. When I walk in the theater, I start hearing, There's Tishon. That's Tishon. That's Tishon. I'm looking, and I go, I don't know these people. They go, We've seen the movie like five times. You're brilliant. Oh, no. Do you remember me from a movie of 100 comedians? Uh oh. <laughs> telling one joke <laughs> so cut of the movie people are dying laughing uh, Gilbert Godfrey does his version about it yeah and then he's fucking him and it's lubricant because of course the kid's gonna bleed if you fuck a kid in the ass he's gonna bleed so that's the lubricant as he fucks and people are dying laughing dying laughing then we finally get to my old joke nigger cut the theater goes quiet and it's like, wow, where are we at as a society that people can talk about raping children and we can all laugh, but still in this very room, the word nigger and "cut" just chill it dude, it was like, and then I get this pit in my stomach and then the credits come up and they say, T-Shot Shannon, Saturday Night Live writer, real big. <laughs> <laughs> no one else has had what show they've written on. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, you can't put that up there.
1: You can't. t Shannon from Glendale, California.
2: From <laughs> Gl- Glendale, California, Saturday Night Live. And I go, dude, you can't write Saturday Night Live like that because they, then they're taking the hit for what I said. And that would, and Lauren would be rightly so to be pissed off if that happened, especially if no one else is identified by the show. So I just go, and dude, it turned into a big hassle where they couldn't, because they'd already gone to post, so they couldn't. So they just had, they couldn't change it, so they just had to drop my name out. So then in the theaters, it looked like I didn't even want to be identified. <laughs> and then in the in the video, it's just as writer, which I don't mind. And, you know, I, 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 I well, think I mean, the good idea, though, you're just basically going for the
0: two most shocking. Yeah. Words no, that's all. That's all. And I know? even
2: said. And then at the end of the joke, I go, but you can't say that. Those are the two worst words in the English language. <laughs> so I even knew, even thinking that still no one was going to see this except Provinza and his buddies. And then it got a big release. But it was like so funny that. Um, Did, was
0: there any type of. Blowback at center. Line no, or? no,
2: no, 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 no. They were very cool about it because I mean, it was what I was doing, and I wasn't identifying myself. They understood. With them. They understood
0: that it was. Yeah, wasn't they understand like, the you're joke, not this joke racist and racist yeah. asshole out there. Yeah. You're, just, you're just basically saying, you know, what is the most shocking thing yeah. that I could say? And just like you said, the the jokes that precede it. You know, there's anal rape. It's there's, anal rape of,
2: children, of and children, and people are howling with laughter. <laughs> Not just, dude. It, but it's incestual anal rape. Oh, man. <laughs> for, the, uh, for the prospect of showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> That's hilarious. They're raping that girl and then shitting in the son's mouth. Ho! Oh, what did that guy just say? Ho! Hold, hold the phone!
0: But okay, so that joke is a great example as, as as to what I was getting to earlier. That Comic joke, yeah. people. Cause no. now you're now now your a father. Are those jokes funny any, still? Or
2: yeah, no, those jokes are still funny. I I, you know what? Individuals is what I feel. You know what? It really came after because Maggie was born the same before my movie came out. But, dude, the the attacks, the personal attacks on me about my movie really was like, holy shit. And there's a movie called Heckler that's really interesting. Jamie Kennedy. Dude, it's a brilliant movie. He goes around and confronts these people who wrote stuff about Mask too, And it's some of the harshest, meanest shit. Okay, let's say it's a bad movie. I haven't seen the movie, but let's say it's a bad movie. That's all it is. And people are writing, Jamie Kennedy must be stopped. And he's going to this guy. Why do I have to be stopped? All I was doing was making a movie. And like most people, kind of like the guy who goes, "I didn't. I didn't attack you. I attacked the movie." No, it says here, Jamie Kennedy must be stopped. You attacked me. <laughs> then there's those creepy guys who just sit there and smile. And go, yeah, I did write that. Yeah, and it's these sad, you know, and it's and I don't mean to put. I mean, they are really sad people, and it's like. That crushed me so much, the attacks my movie got, and the birth of my daughter, that I, I'm more conscious of who I hit. That was, a, But it also started at SNL when we would hit people, and I would go, well, you know, why are we hitting that guy? You know, every once in a while it gets to the point where we should be hitting. You come over the middle, yeah, you're going to get hit. Like the Kardashian sisters are open targets for, I think, in a way, and they, and they're, and then they're even... Like, brutalized past the point of what they, the crimes they commit. None. They're just on a dumb TV show. But they're kind of out there. But then there's other attacks of people that I never understood that, like, hit people to where you go, yeah, we needed to take that guy down a peg, didn't we? (laughs) You know, so, so I mean, I don't know. But I think my daughter did soften me up a little. But I don't think it hurt my comedy. It just made it more aware. I was, dude, I'm always, I've always been just a hard hitter. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hit people across the middle. I helmet to helmet contact when I go.
0: Were there sketches on SNL that you couldn't get on?
2: Um, no, there's stuff that got. You know, one I wrote that couldn't get on. It was uh, Jesus faked his. It was for Easter. Renee Zellweger, she fought for it too. Oh,
0: that was the show that I saw. Okay, okay yeah. so
2: Jesus fakes his death. <laughs> And then his buddy shows up and is like, hey, Jesus, what are you doing? I thought you were dead. Ah, uh, no, I'm not dead. They're trying to kill me because I'm the Lord. I thought it was because you were a pot dealer. No! See, that's what they're saying. And then Lazarus shows up. Lazarus, I thought you died. Ah, uh, no, I brought him back. You really are the son of God. Yeah, don't tell anybody you saw us. i got to get out of town. <laughs> and so the sketch ends, and then it's just phones ringing, phones (laughs) ringing and then Will Ferrell comes out and go uh, we apologize we're just trying to be shocking and that's why we said Jesus faked his death and was a pot dealer But we know that's not true because the only way you can get into heaven is by accepting, and all the phones have died down ringing, the only way you can get into heaven is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord because everyone else is going to hell. The phones start ringing again. (laughs) And then Lauren comes out, what the hell is going on? What is this? Lauren I'm just writing what I read who wrote this he did and they point and there's the Easter bunny at a typewriter and he's <laughs> typing gosh an animal suit <laughs> he's typing he looks up I want people to know the true meaning of Easter a bunny hiding eggs and then Lauren shoots him and kills the Easter bunny <laughs> Lauren you killed the Easter bunny I sure did so that was the sketch wow and dude it was it was super funny Renee Zellweger loved it she was like oh and she's from Texas yeah, too yeah. and it all comes from From my religious upbringing in Texas, and um, and then Lauren didn't want to do it. Why? Very obvious reasons. He would catch a bunch of shit shooting the Easter. So I mean, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's even that's in it. I really didn't let him off the mat, did I? I had the head underwater that whole sketch. So. You know, and I don't, you know, and it's, uh, I mean, when you see that, you wonder, dude, I understand why you wouldn't do that. I completely understand why you wouldn't do that. But then other times you see stuff, but then other times it's an excuse for why they don't want to, oh, we can't do that. But they just don't want to do it, so that's what they say. But, you know, the sensors were really cool and worked with you at SNL. Now, Now,
1: when you say sensors, I always wonder... It it's, a lady, it's
2: a lady. It's a It's two people. One, uh, two people that work on Conan and the New York censors. Yeah, it's and they and they get the scripts and they have circle and then, then you get notes back and, uh, and somebody kept all the notes because they were pretty funny when you would see the notes. But uh, that's great. And then, but if you got something on once, that was your arguing point. And that's how Browntown got on, because they wanted to do that. I go, No, we've used that already, so you can't say no now. Also oh, once it's in, it's in. Yeah, once it's in, it's precedent. in. Yeah, present. Oh, wow. <laughs> so but no, they're 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 reasonable, you know.
1: I just wasn't sure if they were like real people, or if it was just like this nameless, faceless. No, thing no, that, like, no. It was this you was lady can't do
2: that. It was actually a very beautiful uh, Puerto Rican lady named oh. Betsy Torres. So it was even funnier to hear her say, You can't say jism balls. <laughs> Okay, sweetie. But every once in a while she'd give you something. Why can't you say you could say Wrinkly nutsack? Well, okay. She would give you suggestions that were dirtier. Jesus. Wrinkly nutsack? Okay, I'll put that in. Can you say it slower? Yeah. But no, no, they were they were reasonable and Andrew Brewer was the other guy, and they were both they were always listening to and it and if the at the end of the day. Lauren would step in if he really wanted it. But he you know, I mean that was last resort if you were fighting for it. You told me a
0: story once about when Britney Spears Hosted? Was, it? Yeah, when you came up with a sketch um where there was gonna be a raffle. Oh, oh okay, so <laughs>
2: I used to always write Chris Pardell as a pervert, because I love him, and he plays that creepy pervert guy. Like, we did a thing where it was Matthew McConaughey doing a protest, and people didn't know what the protest was about. They were like, gay marriage. No, we're not here for that. And Chris shout out, make porn legal. And he goes, porn is legal. <laughs> not the kind I like. <laughs> So, dude, I love Pardell as a creepy guy. So, Britney Spears was on, and she comes in. They bring your host. So, Monday, you pitch to the host in Lauren's office, and then Tuesday, they come around to your office, and you tell them what you're writing. And she came in, and I was thinking about this. Uh, You're in a 5K charity run, and the only condition is the guy wants your sweaty clothes once you're done, (laughs) and you're getting $50,000 for this. And she just goes... Why would someone want my sweaty clothes
0: <laughs>
2: And I just have to go I don't know <laughs> like, she was no so, she really was a sweet innocent girl like there was a sketch um, where she was pretending to smoke dope in a dorm room with uh, the Jimmy Fallon character in Horatio and uh, she she and I go in and I go would well, you have a problem inhaling on a cigarette and just blowing it out It's not going to be real marijuana, is it? No. (laughs) Come here. Give me a hug. No. Oh, sweetie. I'm sorry. But no, she was nice. They were all, dude, everyone's, that's what everyone always goes, who's the worst host? Dude, everyone's usually game when they show up and they're always open to stuff.
0: My, uh, some of my favorite sketches that you've written are the, uh. Nick Burns. Nick right.
2: Burns, computer guy for Jimmy, which amazing. was cool. Yeah,
1: John just showed me
2: yeah. that one. Dude, that's a fun one. That was Quinn loves that. He goes, that's the most modern character. that is only could be done that period. So that was cool. And that was based on a guy at Comics Only because the, com- the writers were right next to the guy in this building who was a computer guy who got paged all day. And we were in our room, and a lot of writing is sitting around bullshit and telling stories. Really? Yeah, I'll try to convince my wife of that. But that's part of writing. <laughs> and this guy would hear us laughing, and just periodically he would, like, blow a gasket finally, because it was always Frank reported to the First World Frank. Just all day, just walking by one day. Hey, why don't we stop typing instead of laughing all day, huh? And he was like at the end of the rope, and the poor guy. And just We were just all, and then of course, the second he left the doorway, it just burst into laughter. And so it was based on that poor guy, and he was just a bully, too, who would come in and go, Hey, so what you need to do is move the control. Move! as you're trying to follow as he talks as fast as you can. Okay, pull your menu down, bar, take, take your live, and then, uh, blah, blah, blah. What, what? Move! Okay, sorry. Or, even better, while you're still sitting, he just B.O.'s you and leans in. <laughs> so that was one. And then I wrote uh, Brian Fellows. Oh, I love that. Tracy Brian Morgan, Fella, that's like my favorite one. Yay. Yeah, okay. Is that your favorite uh, sketch? That was my favorite. Tim Hurley invented the character. The animals. Yeah, dude, it worked out. And it was, uh... Tracy's so funny, dude. He, you know what oh, Tracy Brian Morgan Fellows. is? Dude, and it's Brian Fellow is his oh, name. But it's called Brian Fellow's Safari Planet, so he never had any idea that it was Brian Fellow. <laughs> and he would get it half right every, about, about half the time he was Brian Fellow. But the other time he was Brian Fellow's. Do, do you know what the sketch we're talking about? No. He's uh-huh. this guy who uh, the intro, and Tim Hurley he wrote the first one, so it was... Uh, he, he isn't a zoologist. He's just a man with a third-grade education who has an abiding love for animals. And then it turns out he's scared of animals, and he really doesn't like them, and he always has dreams about what the animals are talking to him. Get that snake away from me. Get that snake. That goat's got devil eyes. So. But Tracy Morgan, dude, you know, he is like a live wire. Him and Chris Kattan, when they're on stage... They're just funny, and there's an electricity about them that just, it's, it's, it's natural. And Tracy always described as roller coaster scary because he's like, ah, but you're never going to get hurt, but you are scared at times. Whoa, Tracy, oh! he's so funny he came back once he shared an office with me so that was my office mate oh Tracy yeah and Tracy didn't write they took uh, his computer they took the keyboard I think Oof. in October <laughs> they took his keyboard because someone else's keyboard wasn't working and he didn't notice till <laughs> April when he brought a guy in to uh, he was going to help him write his stand up special and he goes T where's my keyboard I go dude they took it a while back How am I supposed to write? Well, they were probably going to ask you that, too, when you asked for it. But he would come in Tuesday night, the night we all worked. He would work, like, through the night. And he would come in. He goes, T, you got me covered this week? I go, yeah, I got you covered, because I always wrote a sketch for Tracy. He goes, dude, good. I had a good week last week. I'm going to take it easy. (laughs) And he would disappear. (laughs) He was the best, though. He's a great man. So you... um you
0: still were doing sketches moving into um, did you do the Swartz and thing before or after funnier die
2: I was do I did funnier die first then I did Swartz, and then okay. did another funnier Funny Funny die and another season of Swartz. Now is that the same thing where you did this the videos on your own? Did you have a budget for No, that? no, I got a budget for funnier Die, my buddy Andrew Steele, who I knew from SNL. And it's the HBO you know I mean? show. HBO show, and I did this thing called Space Baby with my yes, daughter, with which daughter. was the coolest thing. I wanted to learn green screen, so that's why I did it, and I wrote. And she was like... 15 months and it just worked out perfect And Did, we, you've never seen any of these have anybody no we had Joe Gabba Gabba on the computer screen so we'd just hold it off camera and she would look at that and she was really funny and Fred Willard is in it Fred again Fred
0: Willard's with her and, and all the sketches it's great There's a, uh, basically she's speaking as a 15 month old yeah she Everyone goes go go, go 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 what's that space baby <laughs> you want to go this way let's do it oh yeah there was one there's one part where Fred Willard's following following her out okay where do you want to go you're like
2: alright space baby I'll, I'll go, follow you I'll follow you then and then, then. Maggie <laughs> just walks off on her own it was super cool and then I did the next season I did Fred Willard as a college professor oh that was great and it's so funny it's just this girl comes in and she wants more time on her term paper and she goes yeah I was hoping I could bring it by you f- Friday night Ooh, when I'm alone in my office. Quite intriguing. Uh, I've never thought about it like that. No, no, it's not that. It's not like that. It's just I need to maintain a B average to keep my scholarship. Ooh, sex in exchange for a B. Hmm, I swore I'd never do it. We'll find out <laughs> and then he goes let me ask you a question you're not going to be freaked out by salt and pepper pubes are you? and she goes I'll turn it in tomorrow perfect! and then he just gets up and leaves so I did a, like three of those with him as this college professor that was super funny and so are you re- you're still doing those same type of Videos. Yeah, I do. And this year, I'm doing 50 videos. I'm trying to shoot 50 50? videos. Like 25 of them are going to be baseball card theater. Baseball, explain that. So baseball card theater, I'm a big card collector, and I have these cards, and sometimes I do the 420 team with people like... You know, Bill Stoner and Herb Score and Bud Daly. So I have people <laughs> like that. And then I have the All Eyebrow Team, and it's all different teams. I did a rap song called Looking for Some Mookie. That's my best one.
0: I haven't seen that one. That's I a great one.
2: Dude, crazy. that's a great one. And there's another one called Not Cliff Johnson. There was this catcher, and he was a famous pitch hitter. And he had like 16 cards, but he didn't smile in any of them. He just looked angry. And there's three of them where he's looking back at the umpire, giving him a scowl after a bad call. And it's a cub. He's an Astro, a cub in a different uniform. But it's that same picture of him looking back, giving the guy the stink eye and so it's a song called not cliff johnson uh mickey Mantle smile bgo two, but not cliff johnson it's just a series of guys smiling and cliff johnson staring bullets at people <laughs> so that's a good one so i made these and fox we're still working trying to get the hall the clearance for it but fox sports website might be doing the uh, might be here. putting them well, up which is cool right now and it's on youtube right it's on YouTube. You have I a have a YouTube page. I have a channel or whatever, and i got a lot of stuff. But I just made a Spanish film. It's in oh, Spanish and English called El Gallo Loco. It's seven minutes long, and it's pretty crazy.
0: And that's... Uh the uh, chicken the chicken
2: yeah, yeah. the crazy rooster that's yeah,
0: very funny is
1: it Will Ferrell making a movie that's totally in Spanish
2: dude now? I saw it it's really funny yeah it's very funny my buddy Andrew still wrote it and met Piedmont direct directed it two SNL guys but yeah it's really cool and it's off the telenovelas or whatever you call them but it's based on Spanish and Mexican movies I guess it might
1: be kind of interesting to
2: see it. It, it is pretty interesting it's a pretty cool film and they have all these big uh, stars from Mexico Oh wow In it, Actual so, Actual stars well, They were the ones that work, work, work for scale Yeah <laughs> No well that's the problem It's a low budget movie But once people hear Will Ferrell's in it You don't get a discount on anything So it's like even when you try to make a low budget movie with Will Once they hear Will Ferrell Oh okay that's $2,000 a yeah, day exactly. for this restaurant oh, Come on so, but, you,
0: um, so you got the books the new I book's got the out. books
2: The new book is coming out When's that? Uh, March
0: April oh cool so it'll be yeah. about the time we put this up yes that's awesome perfect 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 timing we'll put links on uh, for the books if you're uh, interested in, you would uh, like books and books. I'm
2: going to put the other books up too so oh. all six books will be online and they're 99 cents and it's it's really books for people who don't like to read because I don't like to read that much so there's no story over like four pages and there's a lot of cartoons and drawings it's very easy to read the best part about it you feel like hey I just Read a book and it only took you an hour. So, (laughs) dude, I read a book today. Call the Wild, you did it in a day? Nah, this is an easier one. Cool. Do you have any other film projects? Anything you're
0: working on slowly? Uh, I'm trying to
2: do the Bear City thing, I'm trying to write a low budget movie. Uh, did it. It's Bear Man. It's this guy who got deformed in the war. He got burnt, so he wears a bear head. (laughs) I know. I know. But it's like a. It's set in the comic book land of like Batman, but these are just the low tier, level criminals. (laughs) He gets in trouble with just a dirtbag, but it's that type of comic book vibe. Wow, you
0: really are going to be working this out in therapy someday, aren't dude, you,
2: dude? I know, but I do. I just sold a show to a Cartoon Network. Oh, cool. Called Kids in Space, and it's going to be a live-action show. Oh, really? And it's these four kids who their parents are uh, get lost in space, and they get in a ship. They steal a ship from NASA and go look for their parents. So, wow, are you going to use Space Baby? I hope to, but, uh, dude, I shouldn't tell you this. It's, again, my, I do need therapy. The second episode, I want him to pick up a talking bear and then have him in. Because I can't justify it if he's from Earth and why he talks. But if he's on bear planet, of course bears talk on that planet.
0: Of course they do. That's illogical.
2: And, dude, if you have a talking bear in a show, it's easy to write. It's so much easier to write for bears or goats than it is for people.
0: That's awesome. Hey, T, I just got to tell you, we, this is probably a great point to uh, to let you go. I appreciate all the thank time. Thank you, you so this. much. My God, this was a lot of fun. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I had
2: a really good time. Uh, I talked about me. I love me.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> about me. More about me. More uh, about me. T. Sean uh, Shannon, of course, we will put up all the links, and uh, we really appreciate it. We'll be following your career and checking out. checking Yay, out thank you. Love to uh, have a talk with you again sometime. It's great to catch up with you, pal. All right, cheers. Thanks for talking. Bye-bye.